Hello and welcome to the Undead Wookiee podcast, episode 35, Goodfellas. The Undead Wookiee is a fortnightly-ish podcast focusing on horror and sci-fi, but there will be times where we dip into other genres because here at the Undead Wookiee, our nerdiness knows no bounds. Hello, I am your host Hugh Lloyd, and like I said, this is episode 35, and this is one of those occasions where we will dip into another genre. We will be dipping our toes into the crime genre. And before I introduce my fantastic co-host, let's check out the trailer for Goodfellas from 1990. Let me your friends and always keep your mouth shut. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Hey, Mom, what do you think? You look like a gangster. I know I'd By the time I grew up, there was 30 billion a year in cargo moving through Idlewild Airport. Believe me, we tried to steal every bit of it. What do you do? I'm in construction. <laughs> He's not Jewish. Mazel tov. <laughs> For most of the guys, killings got to be accepted. Hey, Henry. Here's an arm. Very funny, guys. Here's a leg. Here's a wing. <laughs> what do you like, the leg or the wing? It's you. to live any other way was nuts. <laughs> and we were treated like movie stars with muscle. We had it all just for the asking. It's gonna be a good summer. <laughs> it was a glorious time. In a world that's powered by violence, on the streets where the violent have power, a new generation carries on an old tradition. Okay, and we are back, and I am joined by the hostess with the mostess, the man with the quite possibly one of the most spectacular hangovers I've seen in quite some time, Mr. Leighton Winston. How the devil are you, you drunken old sod? Funny how. (laughs) You're a funny guy! (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell, man. Can I just just pre-warn people, one, there's going to be spoilers. Two, I am spectacularly fucking hungover. And three, there's going to be a lot of swearing. Yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at le- le- least we forget there's going to be, this is one of the most profane films ever committed to cellulite. So, um, yeah. Yeah. S- strap in, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, this is one of the times we're on the podcast. We are, of course, dipping into other genres because here at the Undead Wookiee our nerdiness knows no bounds and of course we are talking Goodfellas from 1990 so I think it's I think it's fair to say that um, we're both somewhat fans of this film well I well it, as anybody who knows me or has probably listened to these podcasts previously <laughs> will no doubt already be aware um, this is the greatest film ever made in my humble opinion. Um, this is Martin Scorsese's Zenith. Um, he reached the ultimate peak making this film. Um, we'll, we'll get into um, awards and et cetera, et cetera later. But um, yeah, this is the greatest film ever made. Um, agree with me, disagree with me, I don't fucking care. Um, <laughs> 
I, I've yet I've yet to meet somebody who tells me that they don't like this film. And um, well, that's anybody true. Who does, that is true. Anybody, anybody who does, they're just a fucking fool. So um, yeah, well, this you know, let's just dive into the numbers because we've got loads to get through on this one. Of course, it is directed by a certain unknown filmmaker by the name of uh, Martin Scorsese. Yeah, I think he did Kundin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh fucking hell! Uh, yeah, uh, it was produced by Owen Winkler uh, from the screenplay yeah. play by uh, Nicholas Pileggi. Um Have you read yeah. the book, uh, Wise Guys? No, I haven't. But um, it's really good. I, I imagine, I imagine, but Nicholas Pelleggi, and I didn't realize, I, I, all the fucking years I, I've, I've seen this, loved this film, I didn't know he was married to Nora Ephron. <laughs> I didn't know, yes, yeah, I, yeah, I didn't know that it's at like, first, it was already reading about it, yeah. Yeah, and honestly, God, it was like fucking hell, <clears throat> you know, and Nora Ephron in her own right is what was, um, unfortunately she passed away a couple of years ago, um, was a fucking brilliant filmmaker herself, and a screenwriter also, you know, yeah. and um, fuck, I, I never knew that, I honestly never knew it, you know, this, this, this film is the gift that keeps on giving, shall we say, so. Um, yes, yeah. now, in terms of, like I just said, it's based on the book Wise Guy, um, yep. in terms of the cast for this film, it is huge so we'll go through the i'll just you know of course it stars robert de niro ray liotta J, uh, joe pesci uh lorraine uh, bracco and paul savino yeah and primarily they are our leads however this is what you can only describe as an ensemble piece because yes. there are yes. so many incredible character actors in this uh, yeah. lots of them would go on to of course be in uh be in the Sopranos and various <laughs> um, various other iconic uh, gangster films, uh, yeah, but we'll come yeah. up, we'll we'll touch on some of those characters a bit later on. Um, yeah. Now, the cinematographer in this was Michael Bahalis. Uh, yeah. It was edited by the legendary Thelma Schoonmaker, who yeah. is just a genius. She is a genius. I, I, don't, I don't know whether you're aware of this. Um, I don't know what version of Goodfellas you've got, but I've got um, I've got the Region One, which is the American DVD version. Yeah, it's, I think I've got the the twentieth anniversary version. On that, there's a there's a couple of documentaries um, in which Marty Scorsese is interviewed, all the cast, um, the, the filmmakers, uh, Nicholas Pelleggi and Thelma Schoonmaker. And tell the shoemaker actually talking about the editing process, all right? And <laughs> it's not until, right, you actually watch what, listen to what she's saying about the film. And when you go back and watch it, you realize um, the editing, right, as, as brilliantly um, quick and uh, succinct as it is, right, it's really fucking haphazard. It's all over the shop. And that, I, I can't think of a sequence more that highlights this, uh, is. Um, the Sunday, May the eleventh, nineteen eighty sequence, right? Yes, yeah, that, yeah. That that absolutely fucking phenomenal sequence, which is um, just um, it's a cocaine frenzy almost, right? Oh it's yeah, not Scarface. yeah. It's not Scarface. I'm not suggesting that in any way, shape, or form, right? But it's um, it's the mix of um, it, it, if you look at it, th- things are out the sink. Um, it's almost uh, like a drug-induced frenzy, I imagine. Right? Oh yeah, 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 but, yeah. 
but um, it's it's just fucking it's staggering. And she, right? I know she's won three Oscars, is there four Oscars, whatever, right? I think it's three. Um, I think it's three. And you know, quite rightly, she's lauded. She's worked on every something like every single Martin Scorsese film for like forty years. Yeah, something yeah, like that, yeah, right? yeah. And you know. She just she knows his thought process, which is one mildly terrifying, <laughs> and, <laughs> and two um, staggering almost. You know because and, you know a lot of filmmakers they have their regular um, DPs, sound engineers, composers, but you know to work alongside you know and, and arguably one of if not the greatest living director at this moment in time, right? Um, but you know, to work on that same level for consistently for as long as they have, it's yeah. just mind blowing, absolutely mind blowing. And and I don't know um, if you've ever heard of this or listened to it. There's a podcast that was released by I want to say somebody like Radio Four, Radio Five, which is in the UK, uh, yeah. one of the radio channels. There was a documentary on there about Thelma Shoemaker and her late husband um, Michael Powell, the director. Yes, yeah. Well, Martin Scorsese introduced them to each other. Right. And she was married to him um, until he sadly passed away. And um, Martin Scorsese is a film historian as well as being a fucking brilliant director, right? And he uh, loves, he loved the movies of Powell and Pressburger. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, who did stuff like A Matter of Life to Death and things like that, mm. right? Great film. And he's a, yeah, right? And um, he's, because he's a film historian, he actually, um, became very good friends with Michael Powell and introduced um, the two of them together and they married and they got married and this documentary talk um, if you can find it um, for the fucking life of me listen to it it's um, it's it's, re- it's so it's so passionate and they're talking about you know their relationship and you know how things were and how, when he passed away right and genuinely on my, on my when I listened to it um, all my work's come out I was all I was tearing up listening to it right? because it's oh no 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 no, I, I, I fucking, I can't fucking tell things like they are, right? Yeah. It, it was, it was really quite fucking emotional listening to it, right? Because, um, it, it's just like it's, it's like, um, do you know what you imagine, like ideal relationships and things like that? Yeah, yeah. And that's what it, it, it almost sounded like, and, and oh fuck, it's brilliant. Oh, it is brilliant, man. Now, but we, we digress. We digress for a change. <laughs> this for is a the, change. This is the other thing that just blows my mind because I sat down and watched it again last night the film's 145 minutes right it flies absolutely flies there is not a you know there is not a moment respite in this no no there's no fact at all and it was made for a budget of 25 million yeah grossed around about the 45 million mark yep and it has now actually been preserved in the Library of Congress. Yes. Which, now, you know, it, again, <laughs> speaks volumes. And it's, in some ways, it's sort of, I think this film really does speak to the sort of, the obsession with crime. Yeah. Are, are you aware, um, when Frank, this is, this is fact, when Frank Darabont um, was making the Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Every Sunday, they must have given themselves a, the schedule of having a Saturday or Sunday off, right? Every Sunday during the production of the Shawshank Redemption, he watched Goodfellas. No, I did not know that. <laughs> he, watched, he, he watched it for inspiration, guidance, 
and just you know it 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 it, 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 it if you and then I was harking back to those documentaries. Um, one of the, the documentaries is Frank Darabont talking, John Favreau, um, Robert Linklater, and who the fuck else? Um, the Who's Brothers, you remember the Who's Brothers? Yes, they, um, yeah. Menace in Society. Yes, they talk. They they, they talk about Confellus, and they said like, if, when you when you're asked to talk about you know like one of the fucking greatest films all the time, you know they're going to load say you applaud it. But Frank, but Frank Darabont said every Sunday when I was making the show Sound Redemption, I would watch Goodfellas because I wanted ideas, guidance, etc., etc. You know, and fucking you look at IMDb mention again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We're not sponsored by the by the way. <laughs> no, you fucking should be. <laughs> <coughs> what is the number one film on IMDb? It's Goodfellas. No, it's not. It's fucking the Shawshank Redemption. But hey, ho. is it? I think it's Goodfellas. <coughs> no, 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 no. It's um, it's the Shawshank Redemption, Godfather, Godfather. Ah, right. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no. Goodfe- right. Goodfellas is Goodfellas is number seventeen. What but, you know? I want. I, I won't hold that against them, so, you know. Anyway, anyway. looking at this one, I mean, this is a film that spans, what, three decades? Yes. Three, I, mean, the, I mean, the tagline on the poster is, you know, um, is it you know, three decades of crime? Yeah. Yeah, three decades of life in the mafia. Three decades in the yeah. life of the mafia. That's the, that, that's the, that is the, you know, the big thing. That, and that, that, can, I, can I just interject? That word is not said in the film at all. Well, no, no. Not once is the word mafia said in that film. And what's really, really interesting is when you hear, whenever you hear any of the characters talking, nobody refers to themselves as mafioso, la cosa nostra, none of it. No, no. Friends of ours, friends of mine, he's a good fella. It's all, you know, it is all there. And I mean... You look at the three central characters, you look at Ray Liotta, you look at Robert De Niro, and you look at Joe Pesci. And for me, I think this is the pinnacle for all three of them. I mean, De Niro, of course, has... I, I would probably say it's one of De Niro's last great performances. Um, apart from Dirty Grandpa. When you look I'll at him, you just want to go, Oh, Robert... <laughs> I'll take your word for it, but there, um, having not right. having not watched um, Dirty Grandpa, I um, lasted ten minutes. <laughs> look, um, we can say a lot about um, certain films, certain actors make. Um, look, there's a fucking paycheck involved, right? I understand that. <laughs> But um, <laughs> is 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 rocking is rocking raging bull? No, it's fucking not far from it. Um, but <laughs> I I I I would I would slightly disagree in as much that you know um, I think raging bull is probably De Niro's de facto performance. I'd even argue good for, uh, Godfather Two is 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 probably his best. Um, but then, because he's billed as the top character, he's not the fucking top no, character. No, he's, he's not. not. The main he's man. Not. Um, Ray Liotta, fucking hell's bells. Ray Liotta um, is just staggering as Henry Hill. And if you ever want to see a proper cinematic psychopath, then you can't evade Joe Pesci as no. Tommy DeVito. 
No, um, no. It, it, look, there's the there's the inevitable. Look, I'll fucking bring it up. The inevitable um, comparison to Casino. Um, is it a sequel? No, it's not. It's, no, no, it's no, 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 It's a different entity entirely. Um, yes, it's got a lot of familiar um, themes to it. Goodfellas. Yeah. Um, it's not better than fucking Goodfellas. It's a no. tremendous. It's a tremendous film in its own right. Casino. Um, there is that you've got to have the two. They, they are separate entities, um, but Joe Pesci um, is just truly, truly alarming. Yes, in Goodfellas, he's yes. just fucking unhinged. Like, look, everybody can turn around and say, "Oh, what about Jack Nicholson in um, The Shining?" Um, you know, t- take take any cinema psychopath over the years, right? Joe yeah. Pesci just. just well, Joe Pesci just elevates it. Here's what the, the, the genuinely terrifying thing about this, okay? Joe Pesci, obviously, um, his portrayal uh, as Tommy DeVito is, is, of course, based on a real person. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Now, that's the really, really scary thing. And, the, you know, they said they've got... He pretty much, he had absolutely everything right. He got the temper right, the fact he would just kill people without, a, you know, without a hesitation... However, yeah. the difference between the two of them was, of course, is Joe Pesci is five foot four. Okay. Yeah. The real Tommy was six foot two and was 225 pounds. <laughs> right. Now, <laughs> that in itself <coughs> is terrifying. <laughs> Honest to God, you just. It it does beg a belief, doesn't it? You know, and <laughs> you think, fucking hell. You, you see characters on the screen, and historically, you know, or fictionally, they, they're, they're characters, aren't they? They, yeah, they yeah, are yeah. They're fiction. When, when you try, you actually realise they real. Some people, they are, they some are people, real. These are real people some, talking about. Yeah, some, some people really did exist, you know, as. You know, as horrible as they may have been, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, you know, they they did exist, and yeah, this is this is um, a version of them, isn't it? You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. But when you when you think of the depths that people, you know, well, the evil that people are able to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, you could all sort of point out examples, you know, but you know. There was a Tommy DeVito. There was a Jimmy Conway. You yeah, know. yeah. Okay, now it's but, just. And I mean, I think you know exactly. Excuse me, teacher's voice coming up towards the end of term. Hang on a second. Coming up to, um, you know, that opening scene where you have the three of them in the car. Yeah. And they're driving along. You got, you know, you got De Niro's character sleeping in the back. You got. Pesci sat behind you. You got really, and they're all. They can clearly see they're all shattered. And suddenly yeah. you hear the, the boom, boom, and, yeah. and they oh well, what's going on? What are the, you know? What have we hit? What have we done? Anything? And he pulls over, and then you know they realise that the person they've got in the boot is still alive. And then they open yeah. the they open the boot up, and then you know Tommy uh, Joe Pesci's character pulls out the. Um, the kitchen knife that he's taken from his mother's kitchen and just the way in which he stabs him. Yeah. Just repeatedly stabs him. And then De Niro's character walks over and then shoots him, what, four or yeah. five times? Yeah. And then you got, you know, and then you get the iconic moment. That car boot comes down. 
And, you know, as far back as I remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. And it's like, boom, bum, ba, da, bum, ba, da, 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 da. It's just... Uh, it's... It, it's uh, do, you, do you remember the first time you watched the film? Yes. I was yeah. probably about... 14, 13, 14 at the time, and just being absolutely, obviously not being, I mean, being blown away by it from just from the sort of the sheer amount of F words that are thrown at you. The, you know, and, you know, not, I haven't seen violence on, in film before that. It's a different type of violence. And the violence yeah. in it is so real is so and it comes out of and this is the thing throughout the film the violence always comes out of nowhere you don't yeah you kind of get an inkling or you know something is gonna happen yeah yeah um it's just i i remember um, a mate from school lending it to me saying watch this film and um i just watched it repeatedly I think the following Christmas, I asked for it on VHS, had it on VHS, <laughs> and just practically wore the VHS nearly out, like because uh, every it, it, every single thing about Goodfellas is perfection. It, yeah, um, cast, music, um, catering, yeah. clothing, yeah. production. <laughs> I always I always say the same thing about Goodfellas. Every time I watch Goodfellas, I feel hungry after watching it because um, you, you see like the, the the food. I mean, I mean, even you get saying about when they turn up at uh, Tommy's mother's house. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. At whatever time it is in the morning, his mother makes uh, like a full blown um, plat. Um, well, um, it's, it's, buffet, yeah, buffet yeah, 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 it's just it's incredible. incredible. It's, yeah. Now, it of is. course, since we mentioned Tommy's mother, yeah, whose mammy is that? That is Mrs. Catherine Scorsese, um, <laughs> alumni of the aforementioned casino. Um, his, his dad is also in it as yeah, well. Yeah, his dad makes an appearance. Yeah. His I mean, dad actually actually kills Tommy DeVito. Yes. <laughs> in that, you know, I, I mean, that, and we'll come on to that scene in a, yeah. in a bit. But I mean, yeah. I always, and it's only really sort of watching it over again as you get older, you realise actually, is the guy who plays young Henry Hill, Christopher uh, Simon, or Siron, Siron, sorry. Um, how good he is. How they how they managed to find um, a teenager who looked the fucking mm. spitting image of Ray Liotta. And l- l- let's make no bones about it. Ray Liotta's got piercing eyes, hasn't he? Right? I was He's waiting for that. that. I think uh, somebody somewhere's playing Ray Liotta bingo and just gone, house! Yeah, yeah, right. And to get the uh, a kid... Um, you know, almost looking identical to him. Um, I will, if we're talking about the young actors, I will say the guy who plays um, <laughs> the young uh, Tommy. Yeah. Uh, the way he says Henry, he goes Henry. It's, yeah. it's like he's replaced. He's replaced it. The um, uh, he, he's added a D to it. It's like yeah. when you hear him. Henry, Henry got pinched, you know, and then he's like, no, his name's fucking Henry. Where's the D coming in? You know, but <laughs> I don't think in terms of their New sort York's of elocution lessons, I don't think, that, you know, they were all sat, they, a group of good fellas are sat around <laughs> yeah. going, the rain in Spain, Monty only falls on the fucking plane. Ah! <laughs> Go get me a fucking sandwich. You know, I can't do it. I can't. Why the fuck am I even trying it? Oh, <laughs> Oh, hey! Oh, hey! <laughs> yeah. But I mean, 
that opening, you know, and that scene where he's talking, and you see him looking out across to the cab stand. Yeah. And you see, you know, and, and you see like the, the the reflection in his eye. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you can see them all, you know, and he's and he's describing the characters and and the first time that you see Paul Savino um Paulie. as Paul he because originally he did not want to take the part. No, no. He didn't feel no. that he was he, he was mean enough. No. No. And he tried to pull out like 3 days before filming started. Yeah. He tried to pull pull out 3 days before the filming started and then he looked at himself in the mirror and scared himself. Yeah, um, I, I, I sometimes have difficulty listening to um, actors talk about the the process and how they did this. Yeah, 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 that. yeah. Like, um, it, because sometimes they come off as being um, pretentious. Nobs. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, I, and I fucking make no bones about that, right? But then when you hear somebody like Paul Savino say. I I nearly didn't do this because of, you know, I couldn't do this, I couldn't do that. And then when you hear some, a statement like that, you know, I gave myself that look and I realised, fuck, then I could do it. Then you think, oh, well, fuck it, hell. You know? Because <laughs> apparently, possibly, you know, in real life, is, is well, it, it, look, it's called acting for a fucking reason. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But apparently he's a very genteel man. He's a very quiet man, and you know he's always laughing, joking. Um, but yeah. he, he, but he, he's nothing. He's, he's the total polar opposite. Well, you know that's quite reassuring that you know there aren't more bosses. Yeah, well, I mean, like you know, when you look at like some of the, you know, whenever you kind of look at like the history of any of the, you know, the sort of uh, the Amer- American organized crime, lots and lots of the most successful mob bosses weren't <coughs> the all singing all dancing you know the ones who we, the, obviously the press talk about the you know the um you know the the larger than life the capones and the um the bananos and all these you know these guys were bigger larger than life but actually the most successful were the guys that you never ever saw yeah you know yeah. and he epitomizes that the fact that he won't take com- phone calls from yeah. anyone, and everybody's yeah. running, and that you know, and it's great because um, you know uh, the guy who plays um, uh, his brother Tutty, and he's yeah. you know, he, and Henry's trying to hold this uh, umbrella over him as he's running across yeah. the street, and you can see you know, because he's a fairly large man, <laughs> yeah, I know, and you he's know, running back and forth, yeah. Do you know um, Tutty? Do you know the actor who played him? I got it. Do you know? Do you know? Do you know who he was? Frank DeLeo. Come on and tell me. This is uh, this is what this all wraps around Martin Scorsese, right? Yeah. Martin Scorsese directed. If you didn't fucking know this, you're going to find out now. Martin Scorsese directed Michael Jackson's Bad Video. Yes, he did. Uh, made it into like a short film, a 70 minute short film, right? With yeah. Wesley Snipes also in it, right? Frank DeLeo was Michael Jackson's manager. Do you know what? He's also, I'm sure, he's in Moonwalker. He, he is, I think, he is in. Moonwalker. He is in Moonwalker. Yes, he is in Moonwalker. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, he uh, he was in Moonwalker, and um, he, he, you know, he of uh, slick back hair and constant yeah. cigar and ponytail. Yeah, he was, um, he was. He was Michael Jackson's manager. Yeah, he was Michael Jackson's manager. I mean, it's yeah. a. <sighs> It's a, and, and 
truth be told, he's a non-actor, and there are there, there are some moments where you can kind of see the, the acting cogs turning with him, but it's very yeah. real. Yeah, and you know, at least we forget, you know, Marty um, tends to go for you know that authentic, you know, authentic look and a feel and everything, and. You know, it, it, Martin Scorsese um, tends to have a lot of um, familiar themes in all of his films, doesn't he? Um, yeah. Religion. Uh, Catholic guilt. Catholic guilt. Um, domestic violence. Violence. Um, profanity. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jesus. Um, Jesus. Um, <laughs> you know, freeze frames, point of yeah. views, you know, jump cuts. Um soundtracks like you've never heard before um i I, i'd argue martin scorsese probably um created the pop um it it arguably pushed forward sorry the 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 pop um soundtrack being um there is no original music in this film no no no. the film is entirely soundtracked um to the music that he sees as fit to soundtrack, and, and I mean, no one, no, 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 no wonder he ended up making a Rolling Stones documentary because you know <laughs> Rolling Stones do feature an awful lot in his films. Yeah, um, you could always call him a pot, an apologist for the Rolling Stones. Um, <laughs> you know, but then when the music is that brilliant, yeah, and it's and used I mean, that effectively, you know. Even from the beginning, power. from the beginning, you know, even though there's, like you said, there's no original music in this film. The second you hear Tony Bennett's voice yeah. on, uh, you know, you know, and so I've come from rags to riches, that bit. You just know where you are. You know the setting. You, f- you can feel it. And then yeah. as the film, you know, that, that the opening of the film is very sort of, is... It's not. It's kind of glamorous. You've got everybody's in their sharp suits. They've got their, you know, their big cars. And then, as the sort of film sort of gets into the cocaine years, shall we say, everything gets a little bit harder. The music gets a little bit heavier. It gets yeah. a bit more frantic. Everybody starts looking a bit more beaten up. You know, yeah. it's sort of the shine comes off it. And I think, like, when you look at you look at films like the Godfather films, they take the idea of the organized crime family and yeah. they sort of, they raise it up to this sort of, I, without sort of slipping into the old cliche, it becomes operatic, you know, and it, it, it sort of becomes this big historical piece. Whereas actually what this is, is a real sort of, Goodfellas gives us this really gritty, real feel of... What happens when you have low-level criminals? Yeah. Um, look, there's there's always going to be um, there's always going to be comparisons made um, to The Godfather and The Godfather Part Two, um, simply because you know they they two the, 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 the two of the best films ever fucking made. Let's be honest about it, right? Yeah. Um, me personally, I think Godfather Two is better than Godfather One. Um, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. But then I actually um, quite like the third one as well. I think there's a lot to admire about the third. I really, really do. Um, I think the sequence um, with the... I, I probably said this before. The sequence with the um, helicopter attack. When they, oh, they, it's they, just... They, 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 
you can even see the helicopter, but it, it's just so fucking brilliantly staged. It's just a couple, you know, it's, it's a couple of stage lights. Yeah, it's just it's staggering. But I am going back. Um, you know, these films will always be compared to each other simply because they're the same genre. Um, yeah, they've got one of the actors, one of the same actors. However, um, Goodfellas is just such a such a. Um, I don't want to say time and place because time and place is wrong. Um, it's 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 a it's a mo- it's a it's a moment. It's a movement. It's just. Have I ever said it's the best film ever made? Yes, you might have said that, yeah, once or twice. I might have said that once or twice. Yeah. <laughs> now, do you know, whenever I watch this, do you know who's the one character, apart from Spider, and we'll come back to Spider, there's one yeah. other character in this film that I always feel incredibly sorry for. And Frankie Carbone. Well, not quite, because Carbone <laughs> is, just, you know, but, and I mean, that's awful. There is that moment where they, you know, that, 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 but then again, you know, and I want to come, I want to specifically talk about that, that sequence yeah, with the use yeah. of old Derek and the, uh, and the dominoes. But yeah, when you look at um, the character, Sonny Bones, uh, Sonny Buns, uh, played by Tony Darrow, who owns the Bamboo Lounge. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just yeah. honest to God, it's just, you know, <laughs> The second he comes over and he starts, you know, and and again, it, it talks, you know, before the, you know, after the, the famous "you're a funny guy" scene, you know, Sonny comes over to, and and Tony Darrow looks like he he looks like a sort of um like he's got this hangdog impression, and he yeah. clearly he's got to have a really difficult conversation with a man who'll easily kill him just for yeah. looking at him, and then yeah. you see him having the conversation with Paulie. Yeah, you know, and it's that sort of like, oh no, you were just, you were yeah. so, you were so fucked. It's unreal. Yeah, it's unreal. Yeah. And you see them all pushing this, you know, bringing the the lobster through the front yeah. door, and you see them bringing all the clothes and all the booze, and then you yeah. see it all straight away going straight out the back. Yeah, it's yeah. just. You know, and this is going to sound mental now, but do you know? Um, a film that feels quite small almost because of your main cast and your main protagonists yeah, throughout. Yeah, yeah. That sequence with the bamboo lounge you seen, you know, um, the number of people involved in that that sequence, um, yeah. you know, going into the club, coming out of the club, dropping stuff off, taking yeah. stuff out. That's that that that's gotta be about forty people involved in that well, sequence, I mean, right? And even the bits where he names all the characters, you know, when he first yeah. sort of walks in there and he goes, you know, there was yeah, at least to yeah. be played by Frank Adonis. Uh, yeah. Frankie Carbone by uh, Frank Severo, who has been immortalised by The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah, he has. Yeah. And it, it, he's also in Godfather 2, ironically. Yeah. Uh, Mo Black's brother, Fat Andy, played by uh, Louis Espalito. Uh, yeah. Frankie the Wop, played by Tony Lip. Freddie No Nose yeah. by Mickey, uh, Mickey Black. Pete the Killer, by, and he's played by Pete Sikele. Uh, uh, Nicky Eyes by John McCarner. Uh, Mickey Francesco played by Joseph Bonanno. Mm-hmm. There's a name there. Anybody who is into organised crime, the fact that yeah. there, there is a Bonanno in there, uh, yeah. and then you got Jimmy two times, of course, because uh, he says everything twice. Um, I'm gonna get the papers. Get the papers. Yeah. <laughs> and that's play- and he's played by Anthony. Pa- and the fact that you know we're introduced to all of these people in a really really short space of time. And they're all yeah. there talking, and they're all sort of giving it the you know the, the just a little little nod to the camera. But these are yeah. fully fledged yeah. characters. You've missed one out, but I. Who've I missed? Johnny Roast Beef. 
Yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> Fucking brilliant. Johnny yep. Rose beef. <laughs> and I can't... Right. I, I'm going to say, sorry, you, you go in about the funny house sequence. That is arguably one of the most unsettling scenes in a film ever made. Um, you know, you go in from a frankly hysterical anecdote, right, which was largely um, improv by Pesci and Ray Liotta. Um, well, the whole scene wasn't in the script. No, no, and um, Scorsese encouraged them to do it, and because yeah. he wanted he wanted a sequence to sort of highlight, um, you know, uh, uh, Tommy DeVito's character, yeah, and you know, the, the, the batting ideas around, you know, and uh, uh, Joe Pesci and Ray Liotta um, uh, worked on it together, and that's how the, it, that's how that scene came about, um, but the the, the sudden. Um, the, the the sudden about turn when the it's it's when the room goes quiet yeah right and if it, when you watch it back and everything goes quiet and you know nobody's laughing nobody's joking right and it's almost like there's no music in the background there is music yeah going on yeah in the background. yeah yeah but the thing is that sound that sight that sudden silence is is utterly deafening and it just just highlights you know and you know there is a slight interjection you know when somebody goes. Hey Tommy, you know it's not like, and he goes, no, 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 Anthony, you know he's a, he's a big he's, boy, he's a big boy, yeah, you know? yeah, you know, but he knows know, what he said, you know. Pesci came up with, you know, this came about from a real experience, uh, yeah, with from with Joe Pesci, because Joe Pesci, <coughs> he, you know, let's not forget, um, we all remember him from, you know, of course, from this, from Casino, from the Lethal Weapon films, um, you know, Joe Pesci, and of course, Home Alone. But Joe Pesci, you know, spent an awful lot of time with a lot of gangsters because he is partly responsible for Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons. Yeah. Even, and he was involved um, in that world. And, you know, he, he talked about when he was working in a restaurant, um, he told a mobster that he was funny. Yeah. And the mobster was less than enthusiastic, let's say, with the response. So... It's all based on a real experience. Yeah, um, yeah, because the, the story is um, a partially, like you say, it's based on experience. Um, one thing I was going to say about Joe Pesci, him and um, Frank Vincent, uh, yeah. who played Billy Bats, yes, um, they were actually in a, a band together. Yeah, and um, they were also a comedy partnership at one point. Yeah, 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 and. Um, um, they 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 were in um, it's in the early seventies late sixties early seventies was it yeah sixties I think um, yeah and if you if you if you Google um, uh, Joe Pesci uh, Frank Vincent there's some classic photos out there of the classic seventies eight sixties garb yeah. dressed up in all matching outfits and yeah I can't remember I think Frank Frank Vincent was a, was was the drummer was he he was or the was drummer Joe Pesci he was the drummer yeah. And um, by all accounts, he was a fucking amazing drummer as well. Like you know, I mean, Frank Vincent is you know, he is the quintessential mob character actor, isn't he? Yeah, he, he, again, an, an alumni of the Sopranos, you know. And um, I, 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 I don't know if I've ever asked you this. Do you, have you ever watched all the Sopranos? Yes. What do you regard it as, uh, TV wise? I think it is quite possibly the turning point in television. Because if we, I don't think if we didn't have the Sopranos, if we didn't have The Wire, if we didn't have programs like The Shield, 
HBO yeah. would not be where it is today, and we wouldn't no. have Game of Thrones. No, no. Um, there is this constant argument, there's no what's the greatest TV show of all time. Um, I personally don't think it is The Sopranos, mainly because I'm, I'm totally enamoured by The Wire. Um, I'm currently rewatching it for the, the fifth, sixth year. Right? Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. Do it, I do it every year. I do it every year. Right? I'm currently on season two with the Pollacks and <laughs> the, the, the shipping industry and all that. Um, I think the way it is, but I, I, I'd argue the Sopranos got to be number two or number three easily. Easily. Yeah. Um, Breaking Bad is is probably it swaps with Breaking Bad, you know, because Breaking Bad is. It's absolutely staggering. Those last four episodes of Breaking Bad in the final season. It's just fucking, it's great writing. Unbelievable. It's great, 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 great writing and great acting and great direction. Well, directed by Ryan Johnson. Yes. One of one or two of the episodes anyway. Um but again we digress. But yeah, I will I will say this about the Sopranos, though. The Sopranos always made mention of its admiration for Goodfellas. Yeah. Always made reference well, to it. Use the bit as well, you know. And this is what we were talking about Frank Vincent. Of course, Joe Pesci battered him in Raging Bull. <laughs> yes, yeah. He battered and killed him in this one. However, yeah, I know, where I know did Frank Vincent get his revenge? Uh, with two baseball bats in casino. <laughs> yeah, and buried him alive. Buried him alive along with his brother in the middle of a field outside of Las Vegas. That fucking scene, Jesus Christ alive. <laughs> uh, yeah, if, if, if you think the man getting his head squished in a vice in casino is bad, I'd, I'd argue the baseball bat when being buried alive is probably worse. Yes, yes. You know, there are, there are those levels of violence in Martin Scorsese films, and he can tell you exactly the same. Yeah. Um, you know, where things sort of get ramped up, or you're trying to sort of not outdo, but at least equal something you've done before. And... That baseball bat sequence is right up there as far as I'm concerned, you know. I mean, um, you look at the violence. In, I mean, the scene where Billy Bats is being beaten <laughs> to death. It, the noise. Yeah. But, you know, I, I always remember, though, being really... When I was... The first time I watched it is the scene where Ray Liotta um, finds out that the guy across the street from his, uh, from his wife, as you know, the bloke has tried touching her up. And he walks straight across the street and yeah. then pistol whips the bloke. And the noise of yeah, the gun yeah. and his no and you know, the noise and having broken my nose and shattered my cheekbone, that is the exact same noise that you hear when it all goes at the same time. Honest man, it's uh, that sequence, you know. <laughs> If the, people tend to forget where, where that scene triggers from. Um, that triggers from Maury getting a beaten in a wig shop. There's not enough wig <laughs> shops these days, I'm just going to say, right? There's not enough of them about, you, right? Do you know what, for those of us who are follically challenged, we want more wig shops, right? But do, you anyway. know where, do you know where um, the bit that it still makes me chuckle, and I know I shouldn't laugh, but I feel guilty every time, is the fact you can see the cellar tape on his head where his, that was holding his wig on. <laughs> Yeah. And the fact and, that a really lot of his character is laughing. Yeah. yeah. And he's saying, Jimmy's yeah, turning purple. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, what does Maury say before that when Jimmy's in the same room as him? Well, he says, fuck him, doesn't he? He says, fuck him in the year. Yeah. Fuck him in the other year. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then you get, um, you get that today, today, uh, yeah. today, right? 
And then, of course, that the, the phone call. And in fairness, you know, he, she, Karen manages to reach him at Maury's Wigs. How she remembers Maury, Maury's Wigs phone number. Anyway. I mean, the, you know, can like you imagine the conversation? Say, Where are you going to be today? Oh, well, I'm, I've got to go see, you know, I, I'm going to have a conversation with Jimmy two times. And, uh, yeah. you know, and then I'm off down to Maury's Wig Shop to, you know, pro- <laughs> probably yeah. to strangle him. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it, it, and then you could, as soon as as soon as um, he turns up, you know, you know, that, I can't think of the, guy, the guy's name now. Is um, what's the neighbour's name? I can't think of his bloody name. Oh, um, I don't know. However, I just remember him by disturbing tight white shorts. Yes, yeah, and he goes. Um, um, you know, as soon he, he gives you the bravado, and he, he wants something, fuck go, huh? And straight yeah. away, bang! Like, <laughs> oh my god, it's that it's that dull thud, isn't it? That sound, like I know, said, it's just oh. I've I've experienced that noise, not being pistol whipped, but um, I have experienced the noise of your, your nose and your you know your cheekbone going at the same time, and it, yeah. that that sound is. Frighteningly accurate. <laughs> no, it's 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 really really quite. And you know, if if we're going back to the Billy Bats death scene, it it features a classic. Um, me, me and my friends growing up, we always used to call it a De Niro stamp because he makes yes. a certain face when he's stamped. He does it in Mean Streets as well. Yes, he, he does. Yeah, to people, right? He does exactly the same thing. And you know, it's like you know, so saying a joke in sense. Oh, I'm going to do a De Niro stamp now, like you know. And yeah. Not that I, not that I advocate violence in any way, shape, or form. But you know, when you're growing up and shit's funny, you know, you say that, you say it, don't you? You know. Yeah. But um, yeah, that 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 you know that, and you know, at least we forget Joe Pesci is literally stood over him, beating him, same time as De Niro well, stamping on him. And it's the line that Joe Pesci says afterwards. Sorry, I didn't want to get blood on your floor. Yeah. And he looks like yeah. he's about to cry. Yeah, yeah. But um, you know, if he just got his sh- his shine box, none of that would have happened, would it? Let's be honest. That that line where he just, you know, when he says, you know, just go get your fucking shine box, is just like, oh yeah. my god. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> at least we forget his um, Chuck Lowe. his reaction. Chuck Lowe is Maury. Chuck Lowe. Chuck, Chuck Lowe. Lowe. Yeah, yeah. Maury's a pain in the ass, so he's be oh, honest. I, yeah. He is just so unlikable, and his wife is so irritating. <laughs> and I know, obviously, you know, when they talk about the, you know, when um, he start, you know, Jimmy the Gent decides that, well, I'm not going to give anybody their money from the heist. I'm just going to yeah. kill them all. Yeah. That moment where Maury's gone, yeah, with an ice pick in the back of the head, yeah, and his wife shows up at Henry's house. How pissed yeah. off does Rayleigh ought to look? And having to yeah, get up out of bed to go and look for him. Yeah, he, he he knows, doesn't he? You know, and what what what's Jimmy's response with? Ah, fucker. Yeah, but you know, fucker. But um, yeah, it, it, it's that that whole sequence, you know, is triggered by um, sunshine of your love, isn't it? You know, this yeah. that slow shot to go to the I, bar. I said to my wife when we were watching it last night, I thought when you see De Niro stood there um, and he's smoking his cigarette, and you hear the do 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 do. He is at that moment in time the personification of evil. Yeah, very much so. Very, very, very much so. And um, you know that slow tracking shot. And it does. It, the thing is, some people forget that um, 
that slow tracking shot as it's approaching him, it does actually cut back to Maury after being spoken to by Henry, doesn't it? Yeah, and then yeah. it cuts, it cuts, it does cut back to him, and it's still going in slowly, slowly. But you've got that that guitar riff going, and you know, and that music kicking in and everything, yeah. and then it leads leads then into that um, that iconic sequence of. Um, Piano exit, uh, sorry, Leila piano exit by um, Derek and his dominoes, and um, it's, you know, it's 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 just it's for for all the dead bodies, it's a beautiful sequence. It genuinely is a brilliant, and it's sequence. it's timed to perfection. You know, yeah. even down to where the guy rolls out of the back of the you know, the, the 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 rubbish Frenchy. cart. He just ro- yeah, and he rolls. Yeah. Do you know the other bit that I always feel really sad for? Is yeah. the guy and his wife sat in their pink Cadillac? <laughs> uh, no. You, Speaking you, of you, pink you, Cadillacs, you, Robbie Savage, the footballer. Yeah. Do you know what he bought with his first professional wages? Yes, I do. He bought. I to his podcast. A pink, a 1955 pink Cadillac. I thought it was a Porsche. No, it was a pink Cadillac. It's a pink Cadillac. I'm sure because I remember him talking about it on uh, Soccer AM, and he bought a pink I thought, Cadillac. I thought it was um, a pink Porsche. If we're wrong, I think somebody, it was a Porsche. Somebody correct me. I'm sure, I'm positive it was a pink car. Either way, get a grip, Rob. It was a it, it was a it was a pink car. Yeah. <laughs> you know. No. Uh, yeah, but yeah, that's why. Um, anyway, coming back to this, that sequence is why I always feel sorry for Frankie Carbone because. I, I've always, I've always wondered whether he was dead before they hang him up in the freezer. Yeah, and it's the fact it took him two days to thaw him out. Yeah, to do the autopsy. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. You know, That's far, far. the other one as well, of course, who bites the dust is old Stax, played yeah, by um, um, a certain uh, Samuel L. Yeah, yeah, that man who's made—he's—he's um, he's the most profitable box office um, actor, isn't he? Something like that. Well, he's because in everything. He's, well, yeah, he is in everything. You know, he goes from um, like the Avengers to something. You know, will work for food mode, when he? You know, he just appears <laughs> in in everything. Uh, I think Bobby De Niro is guilty of that, also as well, isn't he? Let's be honest. Yeah, but you know, uh, I, I look by hook or crook, he, he was involved in you know the MCU, and you know, so be it. You know, good for him. I mean, but um, that scene as well, and that slow motion shot. Where Joe Pesci's character shoots him, yeah. and and essentially his brains just go everywhere. It just it yeah. it just it just entire face explodes, doesn't it? You yeah, know? yeah. It is, you know, and like we said, we you know we we've talked a lot about the, the you know the violence and what have you, but it's, but the technical expertise around those sequences <coughs> is unreal. Yeah. It yeah. is unreal, and the matching of the music to um, you know, even down to the scene, and I, you know, the fact that you see Karen is sat down uh, when the police come to sort of do this, sort of when they haven't long been married, and she's watching yeah. the jazz singer. Yeah, yeah. you know, and, and and again, it goes to the, it's that sublime to the ridiculous moment where they just yeah. you know they're looking around the place, and it's just yeah, get, you know, that, it, it's just a it, it is an incredible piece. Yeah, and and you see that. Um, I, I I I think 
when you when you watch films repeatedly or certain films repeatedly, you sort of get desensitized to what's coming, even though you know what's happening. Yeah. But yeah, I, I I I always sort of ma- I always maintain that um, the sequence when Spider uh, is involved, that's still shocking every single time oh, that God, you see yeah. it. And I th- I think it's down to um, not only you know um, tremendous acting by all parties concerned, but the thing is, it's the, the the ferocity of the actual act itself. You know, you know, it's it's all it's all shits and giggles when he shoots him in the foot, but you know. But yeah, even in does. that, even that, that, that moment, that moment where he shoots him in the foot and it's like, oh, yeah, you but know, then, you know, but when he actually kills him, you know, um, it, it, you know, everybody is genuinely shocked by it. And, you know, and even, even when um, Jimmy Conway's lump, you know, um, chastising him for it, he's like, God. Well, I'm I I haven't fucking dug a hole before. I'll fucking dig a hole. That's no problem, you know. And yeah. I'll rest, like you know. And yeah. it's like well, fucking hell. But still, like you know, this this guy who stood up for himself gets fucking shot seven times in the chest, like you know, as a result. Yeah, and it, you know, and what's his answer? He said, "I'm a good shot." And then <laughs> one of the characters in the background goes, "Yeah, but you can't miss from that distance." <laughs> yeah it's uh you know it's 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 amazing man and of it's course absolutely... you know poor old spider lest we forget you know he appears again in the sopranos again yeah michael imporioli yeah you know yeah he, he's uh he's a mainstay of sopranos he's but, really uh, really good in it He's oh, really good in it. He is absolutely. Brilliant. He was actually in as well. Ironically enough, he was actually in the American remake of um, what's that fucking TV show, um, Life on Mars. Ah, I never watched the American remake. No, I didn't. I didn't. Harvey Cattell was in it as well. You know, Scorsese alumni. Yes. Um, <laughs> they, they were in the um, short-lived uh, American uh, version of Life on Mars. Yeah. But, um, um, yeah. Um, like again, like you know, the surprise. Well, even um, Paulie Walnuts is in Goodfellas as well, isn't he? Yes. Um, ah, fucking can't think of his name. Anyway, I'm too hung over this shit. Um, I think there's one. This, <laughs> You're doing really well, mate. Uh, for, no, obviously, good. I can see Layton's face, and you know, to say that uh, his eyes are like pistols in the snow would be an understatement. Uh, oh, he's, but, so, he's so sweet. He's, so but he, sweet. he's hanging in there. He's hanging in there. <laughs> yeah, hanging being the appropriate word. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> anyway, I was going to say, there's one thing we haven't mentioned yet, which talking for as long as we have been, I'm surprised yeah. we haven't, is the Coca Cabana sequence. Yes. Well, the, that, the tr- that, that three minute tracking shot. Just three minutes. Ab- absolutely staggering. Do you know why that was made? That how. The background to that sequence. Come on, Em, talk to me. This is this is fucking bananas when you read about it. Yeah. Basically, um, it was in the script. Um, Henry takes Karen to the Coca Cabana, right? Yeah. They couldn't get permission to go through the front door. Yeah. I mean, they were shooting in there, but they didn't have permission to go through the front door. So basically, Martin Scorsese is like, right, well, how are we going to do this? I know we'll do it. We'll show his lifestyle and how we can get through the back door, cut the queue, and get a table right at the very front. Yeah. And so that's that's how that sequence came about, and that tracking shot came about. And again, I mean, the use of, and it's probably, I don't know whether or not we, you know, the use of Phil Spector's music in this film as well. The wall of sound. 
yeah, the wall absolutely. of sound. And the fact that he's using, you know, um, then he kissed me by the... The Ronettes. Is it the Ronettes or the Crystals? No, it's yeah. the Crystals. It's the Crystals. Is it? It's the Crystals. It is the Crystals. Yes, it is the Crystals. Yeah, positive is Crystals. I got them somewhere. I think I got them. I got, okay. a, I got a vinyl of it somewhere. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, the, it's, it's three minutes. It's nonstop. There is absolutely no break in it. No. And it highlights perfectly Henry Hill at the start of his career. Yeah. Because actually, in, in some ways, when you look at him, he's, he, he, you know, because he's never going to be a made guy. Yeah. Because he's half Irish. Even yeah. though he's a, so he, he's always going to be that low-level kind of guy. So yeah. he can't go through the front door. He's got to go through the back door. Yeah. And the way he gets to the back door is he pays his way. He's bribing, he's corruption, he's going, he's, and everything is sort of not done because he's earned it, but because if he if people don't do certain things for him or they're not nice to him, they yeah. could quite easily end up getting a visit from Jimmy the you know Jimmy Conway yeah. and yeah. you know and and Tommy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's staggering in it because as soon as they sit down, there's a bottle of champagne put in front of them. Yeah, you know. The, you know all the people that that um, he says hello to, and you know, yeah. she actually Karen actually says him, you know, you you, you know, what, what what job do you do? And he's it's like uh, I'm a union man in in the industry. And yeah, it's just like, and and it's the <laughs> it's, it's the next line after that. She says, "Your hands don't feel that." And he goes, "Oh, I'm a union delegate." Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's then you get um, take my wife, please. Uh, it's brilliant. Isn't it? <laughs> My wife yeah, says yeah. to me, uh, what's, the, what's the line my wife says, for our anniversary, can you take me somewhere where I've never been before? He said, try the kitchen. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Uh, Henny Young Man, isn't it? Henny Young yeah, Man. Yeah. Young Man. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. it's, it is a great, great, great scene. And I mean, the, you know, and they talk <coughs> about the fact that even um, Bobby Vincent, the guy who's singing on the stage, mm. and she says, Bobby V, sends them champagne as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you mad, know. isn't it? It's meant up. But like, um, it, it, you know, I, I think when you the music in of uh, in of any Martin Scorsese film um, is just such a huge. It's it's almost as important as the script. Oh, massively the, the so. Trick, you know, you know, massively and, so. And and the thing is, with Goodfellas, if you look at if you've got it, the original the soundtrack that was released, right, it doesn't feature a nearly um, a fifth of the all the songs that are in there. There's no, 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 Stone, no. There's no Rolling Stones tracks on the soundtrack, right? Um, but like when you look at all of the songs used, even if it's for say ten seconds, fifteen seconds, whatever, right? Yeah, it's just it's staggering. You know, it's absolutely absolutely staggering and I've always said the same thing I would absolutely give my left testicle to see Martin Scorsese's record collection yeah I mean that would be that would be a hefty chunk of vinyl kicking about there wouldn't it oh my god I would literally give my testicle well it's disconnected anyway but (laughs) 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 I would cut off at the source oh yeah Spud Water United (laughs) anyway (laughs) 
<laughs> I would love to see that man's record collection because um, along with probably John Peel, you know, it, it's probably one of the greatest record collections in the world, yeah. in the world. Um, there's, there's, there's another sequence I must bring up um, is the garlic cutting sequence. Yeah, I mean, but what's interesting about that actually is at that point in the film, you see the decline of Henry Hill. Yeah. The second yeah. he goes to prison that first time, yeah, that's it. Yeah. It's all over. Yeah. It's all over. But the yeah. precision of cutting that garlic and the I, fact I, that I they, they are in prison. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they've, they've got their sausage, they've got wine, they've yeah. got, you know, everything is being brought in to them. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> that that I'm not. I've never been brave enough to try that method in, in cutting garlic. I'm 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 lethal with a pud with a spud uh, a spud peeler. There is no way on <laughs> earth. <laughs> no, I, I I've not I've I've never been brave enough to even try it. And the thing is, when when you hear and when you see it, I'm feeling hungry. You know, just talking about that sequence. <laughs> it's um. That's what that film does. Um. It, it, I've always been like a, you know, someone who I, I like cooking from scratch. Yeah, and uh, you know, and I, I would love to be able to cut fine garlic, just put it in a pan and just watch it as he says, liquefy. You know, and yeah, to see it cooking like that. You know, but um, I, I noticed they were in um, uh, they're not fucking sliders; they're flip flops. Anybody calls them sliders is a penis. <laughs> right, just put it out there. They were in flip-flops those adidas flip-flops that been before is cool with socks with fucking socks as well yeah, yeah i mean i gotta be honest flip-flops i wouldn't be sniggering with them at them <laughs> you want to wear your socks you wear your socks look yeah. i'll put them on now as well yeah yeah and, and talking about food is one thing we haven't brought up is the painting <laughs> the one that goes way one way the other yeah. that goes the other way yeah yeah, yeah. Three o'clock in the morning, all that food is ready, and the painting magically appears. Here's the crazy bit, right? Henry Hill, obviously, the real Henry Hill. I mean, yeah. I think it's fair to say, I've seen lots of interviews with Henry Hill. Um, yeah. And Ray Liotta, Ray Liotta's version of Henry Hill is far more sympathetic, because the actual yeah. Henry Hill... He was a bit of a prick, wasn't he? he? was not a nice person no. at all. He was just no. a just unpleasant yeah to yeah. say the say the least now it talks about and obviously spoiler if you, you know we're we're the best part of an hour in now so you know <laughs> what's wrong with you the end of the film he talks about when he goes into the witness protection program and he says about being a schnook and being yeah. a nobody yeah. however the real henry hill didn't actually last do too well um in the witness protection program in fact, he ended up getting kicked out because he just went straight back into his um, criminal ways. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in terms of, like, laying low and out of the way, after Goodfellas came out, he, um, he attended Goodfellas conventions. Yeah. yeah. He released a cookbook. <laughs> He sold his yeah. artwork yeah. on eBay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, this is just... 
I know, I know. And, and look, I know a lot of those people that he was involved with were dead um, in Henry Hill's latter life. They died some years before, but the thing is, those legacies don't disappear. They well, do no, not and they go away. You know, I mean, did you ever watch the... Um, I can't believe I'm going to bring up Trevor MacDonald, <laughs> the newsreader, um, and his documentary... Sir, Sir, Sir Trevor. Trevor MacDonald and Goodfellas in the same breath. But did you see the documentary he did about... Uh, Speaking to people uh, uh, who were related, who were involved in the mafia and La Cosa Nostra and those type of things, and there was one guy who they went back to his neighbourhood. Yeah, and he said, "Look, I, you know, I'm really taking a chance here because even though everybody who was involved involved with me is either dead or in prison, if yeah. certain people see me here, yeah, they will kill me just to be able to say they I killed, killed him. Yeah, and at one yeah. point." It all, he goes, right, interview's over, we got to leave, because he was spotted. Yeah. Now, here we go. Pick it saying about um, sort of people who were involved in this film who were potentially, um, well, real-life gangsters. Yeah. A really good example of this uh, would be Louis Epilotti, who appeared in the film, and... Um, <coughs> Louis Epilotti was actually, he was a police detective. And he had a tiny, yeah. tiny, tiny sort of part. Um, um, he had a tiny part in Goodfellas. However, he was actually then convicted of carrying out, out hits for the Lucchese uh, crime family. Um, and I think he's in now serving, him and his brother are now serving life sentences plus 80 years. <laughs> Unbelievable, isn't it? You know, life sentences plus... And the other one, of course, is... And he's an alumni of... Um, uh, what they call it? Of The Sopranos. Is Tony Sirocco. Tony yeah. Sirocco was actually... He was, you know, he was a bit of a small-time wise guy. And, of course, he, <coughs> Tony Sirocco is known for, for playing Paulie in The Sopranos. Um, yeah. And his... Um, his crime, his his sort of prison, his criminal record. He's he was arrested twenty eight times. Unbelievable! Twenty eight times, but even more terrifying, even more mind blowingly pants filling, terrifying is the fact this film at one point could have starred Tom Cruise. And Madonna as Karen and Henry Hill. <coughs> yeah, that was probably just after the Color of Money, I imagine. Was yes, it? yes. Yeah. But yeah. Madonna no. as Karen Hill. Now, Lorraine, you know, uh, Barocco in the, is, as Karen is absolutely brilliant. Uh, Bracco, yeah, sorry, Bracco, not Barocca. Barocca is what you take when you've got a hangover. Um, <laughs> that's looking at you, that is. <laughs> Lorraine Bracco, you know, of course, and she played the psychiatrist in The Sopranos. And yes, she, she is did, a, yeah. She is an excellent, excellent actress. Yeah. But in this film, you see her, she goes from being this wide-eyed, um, middle-class Jewish girl who suddenly gets thrown into being a full-time mob wife. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. when she talks about, you know, there's a scene that, you know, where she goes to the um, the hostess party. 
Yeah. Um, and you see all the women talking, and they're all rough as anything, rough as assholes. And you yeah. know they're talking about beating their children with um, with broom, broom handles. And that woman's what is that blue stuff she's painted on her face? <laughs> is she like cosplaying as one of the Avatar type creatures or something? <laughs> Why do we always bring an Avatar? Up? Oh, because it's shit. Um, <laughs> and it's not shit. <laughs> yeah, it's we, not shit. It is. It's okay. Uh, it's, it's okay. It's okay. It's not brilliant. It's not best. Dances with Smurfs. Yeah. Oh, no. You mentioned Dances with Smurfs. Yes. Let's get into it. Oscars 1991. Right. Or 1990. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Goodfellas didn't win Best Picture. No. Fucking film did. Oh, come on. Lay it on me. Upset me. I've just given you a massive... Well, you brought it up. Oh, Dances with Wolves. Dances with Wolves what beat Goodfellas as best picture and best director. Yeah. Talking at that to me screams of sucking somebody's dick, if I'm honest, <laughs> right? Which, you know, each to their own, not an issue, right? However, is Dancing with Wolves regarded as one of the greatest films ever committed to cellulite? Um, I, I don't think so. Somehow, I think it's you know, I think people talk about it because it's you know, it's it's. I don't know. I mean, it, it's all right. It's a big sweeping westerny type film that portrays Native Americans in a in a good and friendly light. Absolutely right. But, but the thing is, are you tell honestly telling me that people genuinely thought that that was better than Goodfellas? It, it, I don't it, know what else was. I don't know what else was nominated that year, right? However, I will always, I will always beg a belief. It won. Uh, Goodfellas actually won Buster upon Buster upon Buster. Oh, it for, absolutely uh, slayed it, didn't it? Yeah, for best film director, um, catering, you know, production, everything. Right, basically everything. Um, I mean, and quite rightly so. But then, when you when you look at, and I know we always go on about awards and shit like that, right? But the thing is, when you've got one of the most widely Loved films being overlooked for fucking Kevin Costner's first film as a director. Well, I'm sorry. This is the this is the insane thing, right? It was nominated for best picture, best director, best editing, right? Yeah. Best adapted screenplay, best supporting actor, which was Joe Pesci, and he won it. And best supporting actress, which was Lorraine Bracco, and she she yeah. was only nominated. Golden yeah. Globes didn't yeah. win a thing. Yeah. Right, BAFTA won absolutely everything with the exception of Best Actor for Robert De Niro and Best Cinematographer. Yeah. Venice Film Festival swept the board. Yeah. New York Film Festival swept the board. Los Angeles Film Critics swept the board. And I said it won everything except for Joe Pesci's uh, Best Supporting Actor at the... Now, he is superb, but I think equally Lorraine... Bracco should have won Best Supporting Actress that year. Yeah, and really Otter should have been nominated, nominated. For, best, for fucking Best Actor, which he wasn't. I mean, loving Christ. I mean, it it absolutely bamboozles me. But then what, when you look at um, the Oscars as a whole, I mean, we talked about it recently, you know, about fucking... Titanic yeah. winning Best Picture, you know. Yeah. Technically, technically brilliant. Is it the best film ever? Fucking hell no. 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 I mean, but, you know, I, 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 do we even look? 
I don't want to sound disparaging now, right? I haven't seen The Shape of Water. Apparently, it's a tremendous film. Um, if I'm honest, it really doesn't appeal to me. Do you know what? <laughs> I love, I really like Guillermo del Toro. I think he is, he's an incredible filmmaker. He's However, brilliant. I'm kind of getting sort of, I feel like I'm being forced fed his genius. But look, I think if you, if you've, if you've been a fan of his, like, you know... Kronos is amazing. Kronos is amazing. Pan's oh. Labyrinth is a staggering film. Devil's Backbone. If, Devil's Backbone, right? I, I, Hellboy 2 is, yeah. is brilliant. Blade 2 is tremendous. Yeah. Blade 2 is fucking tremendous. But, like, you know, do I want to see fucking Nemo? Not particularly, no. I don't. <laughs> I mean, I don't. And, you know... I, I just don't fancy the film if I'm honest you know and no. you know I could I would probably watch it and be blown away by it but I mean it almost it it sort of rings off and this is this is this is to do with Scorsese it almost rings of giving him the honorary Oscar yes that makes sense yes it's like it's like uh, there's loads of directors you could you could probably point that to get well I don't know that's not the best film they've done However, it did a little bit overdue because at least we forget Martin Scorsese won uh, for The Departed. Departed. Great film. Right. Great film. It is a brilliant film. It's hugely enjoyable. The cast is absolutely tremendous. Marky Mark is, that's the best, alongside Boogie Nights, probably the best film he's been in. I mean, in, he is right? so Boston in that film, it hurts. Yeah. And having, I, well, this is a true story. The Departed came out. I went to Boston like a year after or two years after. So I've right. actually been. I've actually been to those locations, right? Yeah. And um, of course, he is a Boston native himself. Yeah. And um, you know, it's uh, Boston is a bit. Well, it's probably the best city I've ever been to. Well, like it's an amazing place. It genuinely is brilliant. Um, but you know, is is the Departed Martin Scorsese's best film? Fuck oh no, no, I mean, of course it's not. We mentioned it right at the start of the uh, at the start of the show. Kundin is. <laughs> I ain't letting go of that one. I'm not letting go of that one. <laughs> I, nope. I, I, I've made a list of my top five Marty films. Okay. Have come you, on then. Can you, can you give me your five? Oh. Well, it's got to be good, fellas. Mean Streets. I love Mean Streets. Yeah, Taxi Driver. Yes. Raging Bull. Yes. <sighs> And, oh, do you know, I really, st- into, like, my top five, it, oh, it's, um, it's really, like, if we talk, if it was stretching out to a top ten, I kind of sort of, I don't know, I, I struggle with my five, because there are right. certain ones that I go back to time and time and time and time and time again, but um, I would probably say Last Temptation of Christ. All right, okay. I really Not like bad. that film. Um, I think it's a really, really, it's it's cr- massively underrated. Well, I wouldn't have said that myself personally. I my top five is Goodfellas, Ridge Ball, Taxi Driver, Mean Streets, and The Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. Some people have major issues with The Wolf of Wall Street. Quite rightly so, because at the end of the day, your main protagonist is an absolute prick. Of a man, <laughs> right? Jordan Belford was a bell end, right? And then, yes, it is a portrayal. However, 
that film is absolutely 150% entertainment. It is just the sequence... DiCaprio on Quaaludes driving the Lamborghini is fucking flawless. I was his. I mean, I'm, I'm chuckling internally just thinking about <laughs> the sheer physical comedy on display. There is brilliant. Now, the Absolute other one I love from is Cape Fear. No, I was going to say I've got a couple of honourable mentions. Right, um, Cape Fear being one of them. Cape Fear was actually fucking unbelievably produced by Amblin Pictures. Yeah. You know, Amblin who make, you know, fluffy, feel-good films. Like, you know, no, we're going to show Robert De Niro as a psychopath biting a woman's cheek. But, um, you know, that, that is a great film, you know, which is a yeah. remake, least we forget. And it's got a brilliant opening sequence by Saul Bass. Yes. Oh, the title sequence. He did Casino as well. Um, yes. But absolutely brilliant title sequence. Least we forget, he did uh, Vertigo and whatnot with Hitchcock. Didn't yeah. He? Um, another couple of honourable mentions. Gangs of New York, I think, is hugely underrated. I think Gangs of New York... I think Gangs of New York... Fuck. I mean, I, I really love Gangs of New York. I think it is it is historically sweeping. You yeah. Know, and it captures the... A period of history... Of history... <laughs> That people tend to forget. Yeah, yeah. That 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 emergence of the five boroughs, isn't it? Yeah, coming together. It's. Um, I'm not saying it's perfect. It's far. It's not perfect, but I I think it's brilliant. And some people have issue with it. Um, yeah, I don't get that to be honest. I think it's fucking phenomenal. Uh, Casino. Uh, yeah. Before mentioned Casino, the George Harrison documentary. Um, used to forget Martin Scorsese has made fucking some brilliant documentaries. The George Harrison one is tremendous it's yeah. like three and a half hours long but it doesn't feel like it um the bob dylan one no direction home is brilliant yeah and um, i'm not i'm not a huge bob dylan fan and i may i've said this repeatedly um i can give or take dylan um some people worship that the very air that they breathe i'm not one of those um the rolling stones documentary oh, his rolling <laughs> his rolling stone stuff is is, is 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 incredible woodstock his woodstock documentary yeah, yeah, and you know. the last waltz as well. You know, is yeah, um, yeah. Is, is brilliant. That's uh, the one thing that always sticks out for me with the shine of light, though, is um, <laughs> the Rolling Stones purposely didn't show um, Scorsese the set list they were going to do for it. They they literally kept it from him, kept it from him, and he didn't know what song song they were starting with until the band fucking started playing on stage. They purposely kept it from him, and in the <laughs> build up to it, you can see him going fucking frantic. He's running around. The, he's in the studio, and he's like, "What what song are they, they doing? What song are they starting with?" You know, he hasn't got a fucking clue what's happening. Like, so he can't set up with the shots and everything, but he still pulls it off. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, the one film nobody ever talks about with Martin Scorsese, and I think really unfairly, and it's it's somewhat I think it's almost been forgotten, is bringing out the dead. Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage and Patricia Arquette. Yes. I I this is fact. In 1999, I went to Florida for the first time with my my missus. <coughs> when we were out there. Um, it was this massive cinema, multiplex cinema that was that was there, right? And we went to the cinema a few times because I was like, right, well, this is the occasion, this is the time now when films are always being released in America, and we'd get them after, right? Yeah. In that in that two weeks that I was out there, I watched the following films: Bringing Out the Dead when it came out on the day, yeah. Right. The Blair Witch Project, Oosh. and Fight Club. See, now. I when I was in Florida, Ghosts of Mars was released, and I went to see that. 
<laughs> can I, I? I think I think I win there. Yeah, you might win that one. I think in terms of like the top one. trumps, you've got the Lamborghini, <laughs> and I've got yeah. I've got the Fiat Punto. <laughs> I um, or more a Chiguarcento. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my missus, bless her. You know, she said, "What the fuck are we going to the cinema for in this weather?" You know, where we are. You know, when Islands of Adventure behind us and Hulk roller coaster and all the rest. No, I wanted to see Maris Corsese's new film and came out to there and she, I and I go, did you enjoy that? And she's like, why the fuck have you, dra- you dragged me to the cinema? You know, the Blair Witch Project is the same. She was like, what the fuck you dragged me to the cinema for? She wasn't like, I'd have to fight club because the two of us came out to fight club going, that's probably wow. one of the best, that's probably one of the greatest films I've ever seen in my life. And it was. It's just staggering achievement. Staggering. So but bringing up the... It's bringing out the dead, though, is just it's hugely underrated, hugely, hugely yeah, underrated. Yeah, massively so. Now, coming back to Goodfellas. Yes. Coming back round. The one scene that's, and I still, it, it still hits me, is when Tommy bites the dust. Yes. When Tommy yeah. dies, and it's just, when he walks through the door, and he just goes, yeah. oh, no. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Brutally effective. I think they would be classed as brutally effective. And there's no build-up. No. It no. Just, well, they, 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 there, there is a, a little bit of, of but, it, but it's so simply executed. Yeah. There's yeah. no, like, and, sinister music. There is nothing. It just happens. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's almost... It's almost like he's almost deluded isn't it that you oh know, yeah the billy billy bats wasn't going to be revenged isn't it you know um but, and it was it was always going to happen whatever yeah. you think now you know? the and, real tommy was 28 when they killed him right he was 28 years old when they killed him and joe pesci's character is obviously a lot older than this but he was 28 yeah. years old when they shot him yeah and they and they shot him in the face as well to make sure that he could not have an open casket yeah yeah which is it's, just uh, but that, again, that scene is so well executed. Yeah, and it's um, Tuddy, isn't it? Tuddy yeah. and um, Marty's father, yeah. uh, the aforementioned Papa Scorsese. Uh, Papa Scorsese, and uh, he shoots him in the in the back of the head, isn't he? You know, and it's it's it, 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 it's just that, like you say, that ah oh, no, and he doesn't finish the sentence, yeah. does he? And it's bang, no. game over. This film, I mean, we've covered a fair amount and we've bounced all over the place. What Have we, have we missed anything? Is there anything that you can think of that we've missed? Uh, Sid Vicious, My Way. Yes. <laughs> over the closing credits from the great rock and roll swindle. Yes. You know, um, you know it's... Um, it, it's Again, you know, that, that Scorsese soundtrack, you know. And I mean, the build-up to that, where, where Leota's character breaks the fourth wall. Yeah. He gets yeah. up and he walks and he's talking directly to the camera. Now, yeah. that, my wife didn't like that. Uh, but the one bit she said about sort of at the end was where he doesn't, it goes back to the voiceover Yeah. at the house. And she felt yeah. that the, the switch between the two, the him breaking the fourth wall and then not breaking the fourth wall. And then you get that little smirk. She felt, yeah. I, I like that. I really, 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 really like that. But she didn't feel like it quite that moment quite hit hit the mark. Now, I look at that sort of in two. I look at that sequence in two ways. You got the careful what you say now. 
No, we had a bit of a debate about it last night, and I, I can see what she means by the fact that it, it can be a little bit jarring because the idea of, you know breaking the fourth wall is is quite a cool is a really really cool technique, and not you know and when it's done effectively, it works really really well. But I yeah. like the fact that he still breaks the fourth wall where he just gives that little smirk to when the camera. It's, it's, it, yeah, it's done in the Wolf of Wall Street, isn't it? You know, quite frequently. You know. Um, it's quite Brechtian. It's quite a Bre- it's a Brecht it's quite a Brechtian device. It's quite it is that sort of and I suppose in some ways, you know, you could argue that the film is quite Brechtian from the point of view of the that the film starts in the middle. Yeah, I, yeah. And then so yeah. it comes to that point and because it's the yeah. foreshadow we know what's coming and that whole Billy Bats moment kind of is a foreshadowing of everything everything going wrong. Yeah, it's it's the beginning of the end, isn't it? Let's be honest. Um, everything sort of goes um, south as a result of that, doesn't it? Um, and yeah, I I I I I, I kind of disagree almost in that it, 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 it sort of spoils it because I've never sort of thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> drop the microphone then. Um, Sorry, so he's not possessed. It. He's not speaking in tongues. <laughs> I've I've never thought of it that way, and I don't think I ever will think of it that way, to be honest. But um, yeah, did it, did it, yeah, um, I I like how the film wraps up. You know, it, it there are no winners in in this film ultimately. You know, um, yeah, and I think in terms of like my clo- my my sort of my closing thoughts on it, it's a film about people. They want more, but when yeah. they have more, it's never enough. Yeah, they fuck they up. Can they can never have enough they, money. No, they can never no. have enough drugs. No. They can never kill enough people. No. And it's always more and more and more, and then they crash and burn. Yeah, and you can never steal enough lobster. So um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I will. There is two other things I need to address. Um, short sleeve. Um, suits never look good. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't fucking care who you are wearing them. They never ever ever fucking look good. Never. No. Even if even if you're Bobby De Niro in Florida beating somebody up, it doesn't look good. No. And the other the other thing looks is looks like um, he's wearing a Roger Moore safari suit. <laughs> yes, that is. I knew. I knew what. I knew there was something it reminded me of, and that is what it reminded me of. I never realized, I never <laughs> thought of it that way. Um, yeah, the, the, and the other thing is, um, the actual Henry's, the day of Henry's demise. Yeah. The, the soundtrack, right, to that entire sequence, I forgot how many different songs there are in that sequence, right? It obviously starts off with um, Harry Nilsson's uh, Jump Into the Fire with that wonderful bass noise. Yeah. Do, 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 do. yeah. Then it goes. Then it. Then it. it uh, <laughs> then it goes. Obviously, into the Rolling Stones, Monkey Man. Yeah. Which I listened to. Which I listened to three to three times before starting this this morning. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> then it goes into George Harrison, Muddy Waters, a, a solo Mick Jagger song, which is you know bizarre in itself. Yeah. Uh, memo from Turner, which I think is from the film performance yes um, or it featured in it at, at least and then it cuts back then to um jump into the fire um the doctor who treats henry at the hospital yeah do you know who that is no come on tell me it's mr Sheet himself clay davis from the wire of course it is 
<laughs> I can't think of the actor's name now, and I, I I feel terrible never remember actors' names in circumstances like this. But it's fucking Clay Davis. He gets treated by Clay Davis. But uh, yeah, I think that's about. I, I, look, we could go on and on. We haven't even brought up the funny lines, the little one side. But then that, you, know, you know, I mean, this film is littered, littered with just great one-liners. I mean, even if we just sort of you know, even the you know what he's. I mean, if we just took Tommy's lines, for example, when he turns around and he says to him, you know, I think you may fold under questioning one day. Yeah. You know, Say hello to blowjob hacks. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> here's an arm. Here's a leg. Here's a wing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he talks about some lungs and then you see him, you know, I mean, this is, uh, you know, this film is instantly cooked. I mean, just in, you know, all you got to think about is... You know, you got the light. Of course, you have got the famous light of as far back as I can remember. I always wanted to be a gangster. You know, yeah. um, you've got um, the bit where he says about to um, Carbone make the coffee before he shoots stacks, <laughs> and yeah. then he's leaving with the coffee in his yeah. hand. <laughs> you dizzy motherfucker! Yeah. <laughs> No, brilliant. You know, and then when he says to him, you know, you know, again we mentioned it earlier. What he says about yeah, now go get your fucking shine box. Yeah, yeah. that is, you know, yeah. And at least we forget now, right? When we did our um, Robocop um, podcast, I had two, pretty much two pages of quotes. Two yeah. pages. I simply couldn't do it with this because we've no. been, look, we've been we've been talking for how long has it been in this now? Well, I mean, we've been hour going out for an hour and thirty. And I mean, my one of my favorite lines in this whole thing was Jimmy was the kind of guy who rooted for the bad guys in the movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. You know, uh, they, uh, I mean, you it, know, could, it could just go on. I mean, I did consider writing down some of the lines, and I mean, like you said, we could do days, days of it. Yeah. So yeah. Use the bit. Use the crunch bit. What would you score this out of ten? I would, I would score it eleven out of ten. Fair enough. I mean, I think that's, uh, I think that's a fair summation. I mean, I would probably give this. I mean, if you think about some of the stuff that we cover on the show, we go from the sublime to the ridiculous. And I mean, I would definitely rate this along somewhere like humanoids of the deep. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding before anybody lynches me before Leighton reaches out through the screen and slaps me I mean again it's you know it's a 10 out of 10 there is no ifs or buts yeah. about it it is a phenomenal no, piece of American cinema it is a piece of cinema history um, yeah can I can I just say I don't do the sublime to the ridiculous you do the ridiculous <laughs> I do the sublime right <laughs> so no, it's, it's, it's it is the greatest film ever made it, I'll yeah. argue every every day of the week. It is hands down, without a shadow of a doubt. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is our review of Goodfellas from 1990. <laughs> so now comes the important part of the show: our new segment, the subtly titled "Hit the Bed." Up first, what have you got for us, Mr. Winston? Um, what have I got for you? What I've got uh, this um, this, mo- this glorious morning, actually, is um, Chris Helmsworth is going to be in the new Men in Black film. Um, it looks like they're probably expanding on the universe already there. Yeah, um, awesome. 
Tessa Thompson is also going to be. It was uh, fantastic in uh, Thor Ragnarok with Chris Ellsworth. Yeah, um, yeah. She was she was Valkyrie in um, Ragnarok. Um, they're going to be in the the, the new uh, Men in Black now. The original Men in Black film was, I think we can all agree, fantastic. It yes. was a real, real good film, real yes. good film. The sequels were supremely underwhelming. Um, Somewhat. With, oh, honestly, good ideas, poorly executed, I think, is the correct terminology for it. Um, but the original was is, is fantastic. It genuinely is fantastic. Um, a Marvel comic? Is it? Is it Marvel? Well, Men in Black. Yeah. No. No, it's an original idea from Barry Sonnefeld. I think it was. A, it's a been a comic. Com- it's been a comic book. It's been a comic book. But I don't I think it started like connection. I they may have it off one of their subsidiaries, but I don't think it started life out as a. Oh, as right, a, right, yeah. Um, Ellsworth is is good for a laugh, as we all know. Um, yeah, you know, it, it, if it, I, I just hope it expands on the universe somewhat, um, and isn't uh, Men in Black Three. Um, <laughs> uh, in, <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of Marvel, yeah, James Gunn has seen Infinity War, right? And his his words to are almost to the um uh, to the to the uh, not to quote him directly, but he's basically gone. We are not prepared for what we are going to see. It could be a game now, changer. It really could. Now. I, I'm, I'm hugely intrigued by it. I think everybody is really because you know nobody thought Avengers Assemble would work as good as it did. Um, Age of Ultron is is hugely entertaining, you know. Yeah, despite what yeah. you may, may or may not think, yes, it does fall into certain tropes, you know, big destructive end, end sequence and all the rest at the end. But um, you know, I think well, the directors themselves have actually said. Um, Civil um, Captain America: Civil War had the, the standout of that is the airport sequences now. Yeah, Par- apparently Infinity War has four or five sequences equal to that. Now, if they right. pull it off, if they pull it off, um, damn, we we are podcasting it definitely. Yeah, no, no, definitely. we will be covering it. We will be covering it definitely. We, 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 there's no Marvel. We haven't done any Marvel or you haven't done no, any we haven't Marvel done any Marvel at no. all. Right, okay. Um, yeah, so we definitely do that. And my third and final bit is, have you seen the trailer for Cobra Kai? Yes. The 34 years later story of Daniel LaRusso, uh, Daniel LaRusso and Johnny from the original Karate Kid. Now, this is a, this is a YouTube. Um, it's not a film, is it? It's a series? Yeah, it's going to be a net series. It's going to be a net-based series. Uh, yeah, series, yeah. So. Now, now, I I I, would, I heard about this and I was like, no, this this ain't going to work. The trailers look mega. Yeah, it does. It, it does. I mean, I got very excited when I saw it. It, it is a great, great, great trailer. Yeah, and it, if they if they pull it off, and I, I would I would argue that it, it probably looks like they have actually um, pulled it off. Then um, this could be really something you know entertaining and you know. Good to good to revisit because um, at least we forget the Karate Kid sequels were fucking awful. Um, yes. I think me and you went. Me and you went to see um, Karate, Karate Kid too. We did. We did in Swansea. Yeah, in Swansea. Yeah, we did. That's yeah. right. Yeah, it's, of course, I mean, it's not there now. <laughs> no, no, it's uh, it was Oceana Nightclub. 
that's which is not so close now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, use the, the listen to this. This will turn your blood cold. Oh God, really? Indiana Jones Five will start <sighs> filming next year for a 2020 release. There was an Indiana Jones Four. I, 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 I tried I to erase it. I have tried to erase it, but it's due for a 2020 release. There's no exact date yet, but it's due to start filming uh, next year. Uh, um, Stop it! He's already dead. <laughs> um, it was a fourth Indiana Jones film. No, 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 no. However, they have started, uh, and this is my other piece of news, um, which is really, really cool, and I'm really excited about this. They have started reshoots on um, the new Predator movie, Shane Black's new Predator movie, because. Even though the body count was fairly impressive, they decided that they needed to amp it up a little bit more. Um, so everybody's very, very happy with what's going on with it, but they have started reshoots ready just to give it just that little bit extra oomph. So they are reshooting that as we speak now. I oh. saw something regarding this um, yesterday, day before. Yeah. September is coming out. Yes, September. September, yeah. Um I mean, I'm hugely intrigued by this. I've got to be honest. Um, I think the, the the Predator franchise has been let down somewhat by that. Those I, I saw. I, I, think oh, I did what yeah. I did watch Alien, Alien versus Predator, oh, dear, 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 and it was dear. dreadful. And I didn't even bother with the, the sequel to the um, Predator. Yeah. We, we, we said before Predators was um, okay. Yeah, I enjoyed that. It wasn't too bad. But I think might as well go back to the source and the main man himself, Shane Black. So, um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty good. And the cast, the cast is a really good cast. Yeah, it's a really, really good. I mean, some um, people are not a massive fan of Thomas Jane, but I don't mind him. I think he's okay. No, no, he's I good. think he's, he's improved good. with age. Uh, Sterling K. Brown is in it. He's, he's a tremendous actor, Sterling K. Brown. Yeah. Uh, and um, Olivia Mann also, she's a great actress as well. So, yeah, it's um, it all sounds, you know, sort of point to positive as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So yeah, that should be really cool. There was ah, oh, there was something I just flashed in my head. I was going to tell you, but it's gone. Now my <laughs> last piece of news because this has just come. This is just literally come in as we saw it. Um, is obviously Rob Zombie has started his Devil Rejects, uh, prequel. His th- the third one in the in the series. Because we had House of a Thousand Corpses. We have the Devil's Rejects. The new one is going to be uh, Three from Hell. He has, obviously, I said last time uh, out that he'd added Austin Stoker from Assault and Precinct 13. But this time round, he is, you know, um, D. Wallace has now joined the uh, uh, joined the cast. So I'm really, really interested to see where he's going to go with this one. So um, having, having not seen any of his um, cinematic output, um, and just heard how fucking dreadful they are, Halloween isn't great. Halloween isn't great. Thirty-one is terrible. I will give you that. House of Thousand Corpses is amazing. Devil's Rejects is superb. It's probably fucking not. You know. (laughs) (laughs) I no, they don't appeal to me in any way, shape, or form. But um, yeah, I I did read that. Funny enough, I did read that, and um, I thought, oh, he was probably masturbating furiously to uh, that news, like a safari uh, park chimp. <laughs> There's an image you don't want to know. You know? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 
Anyway. And on that bombshell, on that masterpiece yeah. to reach bombshell. As always, oh, sir, it's always a pleasure to have you here. Enjoy that image whilst you're dying of your hangover. Thanks. And I will speak Thanks. to you soon, my brother. Take care. See you soon, man. Ta-ra, buddy. Ta-ra. As always, I want to say a big, big thank you to my fantastic co-host, Mr. Leighton Winston. And now, let's check out what the wiki watched. So, up first, we have got Automator from 2014. Let's check out the trailer. Next Monday is a new moon. My sister says I'll give birth then. Aren't you afraid to bring your daughter into a place like this? We're putting a human life in danger. Unit is in perfect condition. What is this? I've never seen this before. This is an altered unit without an owner. Unit without the second protocol. Find someone else to hold accountable for this mess. I'm tracking down some alterations performed on two units. A machine altering itself is a very complex concept. Self-repairing implies some idea of a conscience. Please, sir. Please, sir. It was staring at me. I shot it because it looked alive. You know what happens once that is altered? Two of them try to alter a third one. Then the miracle dissipates. The epidemic begins. What's going on? If you want to survive, you must stay with us. Who else knows about this? Find him and bring him back here. If we go back to the city, we will die. To die, you have to be alive first. You're just a machine. Just a machine? That's like saying that you are just a million. So, Automator is a 2014 film directed by Gabe Ibanez, uh, also written by Gabe Ibanez, Igor uh, Lagreta, and Javier Sanchez Donate. Um, this uh, stars Antonio Banderas, Bridget Hort Sorensen, uh, Dylan McDermott, uh, Melanie Griffith, uh, Robert Forster, um, David Ryle, uh, Tim McAneary. Um, Javier Bidem uh, appears as the voice of one of the robots in this and David Ryle now as you can tell this is a sci-fi movie and is this your big budget um, high special effects um, blockbuster type movie no it's not I mean Antonio Banderas plays a uh, insurance salesman set in the future where uh, mankind is on the brink of extinction 
but what this plays out like is a Isaac Asimov sort of short, short story, easy for me to say. Um, what I really, really enjoyed um, about this is it's fairly low-key. I think Antonio Banderas gives one of his best performances in a long, long time. Um, Melanie Griffiths is actually very, very good in the small role that she has in this. Dylan McDermott plays really, really against type, um, and he's excellent in it. He's very, very, very good. However, there are moments in this film where it does drag. Um, the pace does drop a little bit, and some of the good work that um, is set up with some of the performances does get undone. However, this is a very, very interesting film. Um, it's an interesting take on the sort of uh, Asimov uh, laws of robotics. Um, and I would give this a 6 out of 10. And I would say it is definitely worth renting. I wouldn't say, you know, go out there and buy it unless you're a massive sci-fi fan or you fall in love with the film. However, I would say it's definitely worth renting. I think it's available on Netflix and Amazon Prime. So that's 6 out of 10 for Automator from 2014. Now, up next, we are going to be looking at Deliver Us from Evil from 2014. Let's check out the trailer. There's two types of evil in this life, Officer Sergeant. Secondary evil, the evil that men do. And primary evil, which is something else entirely. I've seen some horrible things. Nothing that can't be explained by human nature. Then you haven't seen true evil. Hi, Daddy. I'm going to sleep now. First, I want to tell you that I love you and I miss you. Here, give Daddy a kiss. Be safe tonight. I heard scratching noises under the floor in a room. Scratching noises?
Okay, Deliver Us From Evil from 2014. Uh, it was directed by Scott Derrickson. It was written by Scott Derrickson. Paul and Paul Harris Boardman, based on the book by Ralph Sarchi and Lisa Collier-Cool. It stars Eric Banner, uh, Edgar Ramirez, Olivier Munn, Chris Coy, uh, Dorian uh, Mishak, uh, Sean Harris, and... <sighs> Right. This is allegedly you know, this is based on the allegedly true stories of uh, former New York City detective uh, Ralph Sachi, who um, was at one point a fallen Catholic. He sort of refound his faith, and he left the police force or retired from the police force, uh, and he now uh, helps uh, uh, fight demonic possession uh, in New York City. Um, as a film, as a standalone film, as to sort of throw away, um, you know, hour and a half, it's not bad. It's okay. You do get every sort of demonic possession-based cliche in there. It's got a few moments of uh, some some dread. Um, it's got some really, really good scenes uh, that are well acted. It's well shot. It's got a really nice, gritty, grimy feel to it. Eric Banner's performance is very, very good in this. Um, however, it does sort of feel all a little bit silly at times. And the um, the more sort of fantastical elements of this... Uh, really detract away from some of the really, really good... And again, I spoke about this earlier, some really, really good setup earlier on. And uh, if they had sort of kept this, I know, for a demonic possession type movie, they'd kept it more grounded, I think they probably would have had a much scarier film on their hands. However, that being said, it's a very, very entertaining film. Um, I thoroughly um, enjoyed it. It, uh, it does move quite quickly. Um, Eric Banner gives us, gives a really good performance as a fairly complex, unlikable character, but you still manage to sort of uh, he still manages to keep you on side. Um, it originally though was offered to Mark Wahlberg, and I think it would have been a very very different film if uh, old Marky Mark had taken the lead. Like I said, it's got some good jumps, it's got some really grisly moments in it. Um, some of the cliches you do kind of go, oh, here we go again, but. It is actually a very effective film, and I really, really enjoyed it. And for an hour and a half runtime, it entertained and moved very, very quickly. Um, and I'm going to give this, guys, a 7.5, and I would say definitely rent it. It's well worth it. So that's uh, Deliver Us From Evil from 2014, and uh, I'd give that a, a 7.5. So, up next, we have got The Collector from 2009. Let's check out the trailer.
So that was the trailer for The Collector from 2009. This was directed by Marcus Dunstan. It was written by Patrick Melton, Marcus Dunstan. uh, And it also stars uh, Josh Stewart. Now, most people will remember Josh Stewart for his recurring role on Criminal Minds as AJ's... um, Cajun boyfriend from Louisiana, or father of her child, but that's where he pops up. It also stars Andrea Roth. It stars Juan Fernandez, uh, William Perel, um, Diane Ailey Goldner, Michael Riley, Carly Scott Collins, Madeline Zima, uh, Haley Poulos, Daniel Albanese, and Patrick Rossetti. I did not know what to expect going into this one, but I've got to be perfectly honest with you, I really, really enjoyed this one. Um... It's available on Netflix. It's available on Shudder as well. And it is very much in the vein of the Saw movies. Um, It was originally written to be a prequel to one of the Saw movies. Um, And it's obviously influenced by um, film movies like Seven and those type of things. Um, But it is a thoroughly entertaining uh, a horror movie. I'm not going to lump it in with torture porn because it's not, because it's a bit cleverer than that. And I don't particularly like using the word torture porn anyway. Um, but it, it's got something about this film. It is nasty. Um, some of the kills in this are spectacular. Um, and some of the booby trapping that is set up uh, for this, um, uh, the collector uses to snare his victims is very, very interesting. Um, it's a good take on the home invasion movie. Um, it's got good performances. It's got a nice little twist to it. Um, I'm really, really surprised that we haven't seen more collector movies because I thought this was a, a really, really good film. Um, I like I said, I completely enjoyed it. Like I said, it's gritty, it's gory, um, it's got some outrightly nasty moments in it. Uh, one involving um, knitted needles. Um, there's a particular moment seen in this as well that involves hanging fish hooks, which did make me wince. Um, and I'm going to give this one, I'm going to give this one a bit of an odd score because I can't quite give it an 8 because it's not quite an 8, but I really, really enjoyed it. So I'm going to give this a 7.9 out of 10. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is that. That is all the time we have left. As always, I want to say a massive, massive thank you to everybody who has got involved in the show, who's... Uh, tweeted who's been on the facebook page on instagram honestly um i really 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 appreciate it all um a huge huge thank you um as always we've got a couple shout outs i want to say a big thank you to cl raven for having me on their uh, radio show which you can find on uh, vitalized radio uh, and it's called The Graveyard Shift. It's on every Friday between 7 and 9. And that's a great horror show. They're always fun. They're always entertaining. Uh, and I hope to be back there soon because we were talking uh, true life horror, which was fascinating, actually. And interestingly enough, I just covered uh, Deliver Us From Evil. So that was good fun. Um, I want to say a big shout out to uh, Jeff and Al over at Cadavercast. 
great father and son team. Get yourselves over there and listen to them. Of course, I want to say hello to Mr. Peter Nielsen. Now, Peter's going to be coming back on very, very soon where we're going to be discussing the Nazi zombie movie, Shockwave. So I'm really excited about that. I want to say hello to Joel and Daryl, his compadres over at uh, Retro Movie Geek. Great, great, great show, guys. Really, really funny. Um, they one a couple of their latest episodes have been they're all excellent, but their Death Wish ex, uh, episode was really really good, and uh, the original, not the remake. Um, <laughs> I want to say hello to uh, Jay of the Dead, Doctor Shock, Dave Becker, and Josh Legary over at the Horror Movie Podcast. Again, guys, get over there; they do some excellent excellent work. Um, of course, a big shout out to Mr. Jay Prowse. Uh, you can find him over at uh, Twitter at It Happened Again uh, at Jay Prowse. Guys, get yourselves over and read his stuff. It is it's it's excellent. It's absolutely superb. It's well well worth it. Um, I want to say hello to Gidget and Angry Man over at Retro Movie Cinema, and of course to Paul Hayden over at uh, Schlock Horror. Guys superb blog and of course my man uh, CJ over at VHS Revival brilliant brilliant uh, a blog so get yourselves over in there if I've missed anybody out guys I am sorry but uh, the list could go, we could be here for days could do an entire show of just thank yous um, and as always a huge thank you to my uh, my brother from another mother uh, Mr. Leighton Winston uh, always fun always a pleasure um, and he'll be back very very soon so ladies and gentlemen our time together draws to a close. So in the immortal words of Count Dracula, good night out there, whatever you are. This is our from Cadavercast. You've been listening to Thunder Wookie. The back.